In a social media plastic world, mm -hmm. it is very much a flesh and blood, real life moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like pulling the bandage off. Life always has presented its share of challenges, but it seems that life in modern society has become so difficult and it can overwhelm us on so many fronts. Whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually, sometimes we may feel that we need some outside help. I'm Ben Houck, here with my wife Stacy for another episode of This Is Family. Of course, God's given us many tools to navigate life. The Holy Spirit, His Word, a pastor, our spouses, family, friends, and fellowship with other believers. However, there are times when professional help may be necessary, and that's when we can look to a good counselor. Solid Christian counseling is not something that believers should fear, reject, or avoid. In fact, the Bible clearly states that safety is found in the multitude of counselors. So on today's episode of This Is Family, we're gonna discuss the topic of counseling and how it properly fits into apostolic culture. And we have two incredible guests here with us to discuss this important topic. Yes, our first guest is Reverend J.C. Sellers. Sister Sellers is an instructor of Christian leadership at Indiana Bible College, focusing mostly on counseling concentration courses. She's enrolled in a master's program in clinical mental health counseling and will graduate in May of 2023. Her work has included therapy for addiction, PTSD, couples, depression, anxiety, OCD, and other mental illnesses. Sister Sellers also serves as the administrative assistant to the vice president of Indiana Bible College and is making a big impact on the next generation of apostolic leaders. And we're so honored to have our pastor joining us today, Reverend Joshua Carson. Pastor Carson is, of course, the senior pastor of Calvary Tabernacle, as well as president of Indiana Bible College, Calvary Christian School, and Calvary Christian Child Care. But what you may not know is that he also has a master's degree in Christian ministry with an emphasis in counseling. It's clear that Pastor Carson has a love for people and wants to see them thrive. Pastor, Sister Sellers, thank you so much for joining us today on This Is Family. Oh, thank you. We're honored to be here. Well, I can't speak for her. I'm honored to be here. You yes, know. thank yeah, you. Yeah. It's a huge honor. <laughs> I appreciate it. Let's set up our conversation today with a clear understanding of what the Bible says about this topic. Sister Sellers, will you give us a good overview of how God's Word addresses counseling? Sure. The book of Proverbs includes counsel as a part of true friendship. Mm. Um, it mentions several times that that is... Um, a part of the discipling process, and it's a vital pro a part of it. Um, and in my opinion, I think that Christian counseling is really closely related to the ministry of edification. Wow. Right? Yeah. The body, building up the body. And it encompasses many of those New Testament commands that refer to the ministry as ministering one to another. Mm -hmm. um, in Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah referred to the coming Messiah as the wonderful counselor. And as such, we should find the characteristics of counselors that we seek out to have those same char characteristics as Christ. Wow. From man's perspective, God could never um, empathize with the man's tests and trials until he had identified himself with humanity. Mm. And that's what God did in Christ. 
uh, in part. The wonderful counselor didn't appear until the incarnation. And so one of the contributions of, in the incarnations of the Lord was his humanity. And yeah. when combined with his deity, equipped him to counsel. Hmm. And that's the point of the writer of Hebrews even to say that that is a beautiful part of the incarnation is that deity combined with humanity. And in turn, Christ is not distant from us or removed from our infirmities or our Mm -hmm. tests or our trials, but he can care for us in a way that it makes it easier to cast our cares upon him, knowing that he does care for us, that he does understand that he is a wonderful counselor. And so in such, we read in scriptures that God is not removed from mental health or the issues of mental health. But in fact, scriptures speak to mental health, not in psychological terms, Mm -hmm. but it speaks of issues and generalized narratives. So Christ speaks of the renewal of our mind because in our mind, we fight our greatest battles. Oh, good. And when we are depressed, we act depressed because we feel depressed, and we feel depressed because the thoughts that continue to replay in our minds. Mm-hmm. And so Christ speaks to that, and it's our thoughts that produce our feelings, and our feelings feed our behavior. Mm-hmm. And so mental health is re- repeated time and time again in Scripture. It may not use those explicit words of mental health sure. or, or mental health issues, Um but it talks about our physical, our spiritual health, our, our mental ability, and they're not independent of each other, yeah. right? And so we find numerous accounts in Scripture in which people are going through sufferings and they are related to, to mental health issues, such as Elijah or Jonah, Saul, mm. David, or the, the man from Gadarenes from Mark 5 that Pastor mm-hmm. preached about a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. And so we know that in Scripture, time and time again, it's coming back to this issue of, okay, we are a whole person mm-hmm. that, are, that are physical, our mental, our spiritual. Mm-hmm. It's all connected. Yeah. And Christ is not removed from that. Yeah. In fact, you can cast your anxiety on Him. You can cast all of these things on Him because He cares for you. Yeah. And yeah. He and, cares about those things. And He's touched with the feeling of our infirmities, yeah. right? And right. because He was also flesh. Right. He understands that. He understands. And I love how you brought out not just the the man uh, from uh, gathering, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. That, right? That we, of course, think of him as needing help in that right. regard. But you also brought out some folks that maybe we wouldn't think of initially. Yeah, Saul. more as biblical heroes, right? You yeah. Know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. think about Elijah running for his life. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. it, 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 exactly. So that, that to me, it speaks mm-hmm. so much to the, the wholeness of this topic mm-hmm. that really... Who, frankly, who doesn't need a good counselor from time to time? Right? And so, Pastor, I, I would like to ask you, you know, from a pastoral perspective and, and, and shepherding the flock and really trying to help people ultimately, obviously, make it to heaven. Yeah. Um, put this in the context of, of the church setting and, and how you as a pastor approach this topic. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, case in point, one of the ways I approach this topic is I'm connected to incredible individuals like J.C. Sellers. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's. I want to say something just off of what she said, which was astounding and and so fantastic, by the way. If you're listening to this podcast, pause, go back to the beginning, listen to that again, and then catch up so you can process and digest everything she just said. And where I would try to maybe add on to that uh, or intertwine it from that shepherd perspective is we always talk about faith in God, 
But we miss sometimes that faith in God means faith in his humanity as much as his deity. Mm-hmm. And faith, to think that he's touched by the feelings of our infirmities, often when we talk about faith in God, we think, if you'll just have faith, he can heal you. But I've seen people that are dealing with things and they think, how do I pray to a God that mm-hmm. cannot feel what I'm feeling? Mm-hmm. Well, if you really have faith mm-hmm. in Jesus Christ, then he can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so from a pastoral perspective, how we deal with this, and she talked about the prophet Isaiah, and and we know that even, you know, the prophet Isaiah in in Isaiah 61 is talking about this prophetic promise of the Messiah that would come. It's Isaiah 9 that talks about the wonderful counselor she mentioned, and then Isaiah 61, the same prophetic promise that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And we know about the binding of the brokenhearted and the setting the liberty of the captives and But it's in Luke chapter 4 when Jesus stands up and begins to read from the scroll of Isaiah and his limit. So here's the interesting thing. We're not dealing with a demonic situation or spiritual Mm -hmm. situation because right before this and right after this in Luke 4, we see that the Lord casts spirits out. It's Mm -hmm. an immediate thing. But in Luke 4, he has to close the scroll and tell them, it's the lack of your belief. It's your mental condition that you won't allow it. We don't, yeah. we don't sometimes call that a mental condition mm-hmm. or a mental health issue. But for them, it was that they did not want to accept that he really could help them. Mm-hmm. And so a part of the pastoral side is to see, you know, are you able to address the topic? Is it spiritual? Is yeah. it mental? Is it physical? Is it, what does that look like? And then if so, making sure that we don't call everything spiritual. Mm. Yeah, sure. (laughs) You know, I can remember growing up in the church at times, it was always, well, if you just pray a little bit, Mm -hmm. this will be better. So as a pastor, I'm looking for how do we fully address, and that starts with love and care. Yeah, and that's so good. And I think you brought something to light that would be good for us to move into is this this topic of, well, who needs counseling? or, Or what are some of the uh, maybe the perceptions of folks who who would be entering into a, a counseling scenario. I think, well, I'll speak for myself, is that at times I think it's that man uh, kicking around in, in the tombs sure. that needs it, right? Sure. So, but we have these inaccurate perceptions, I think, at times. So uh, maybe, Sister Sellers, if you could give us, you know, how do we combat those inaccurate perceptions of what we feel like are candidates yeah, so to speak. question right and i think that it's an important question because there are a lot of those kind of social stigmas yeah. um especially when you're talking about mental health and i think the first thing is to say that there is a myth that says that this isn't common and that mm. if you face any type of mental crisis that you are alone in that and that mm. you are of the minority right but um research has showed us that in 2020, which I'm sure that the numbers mm. have increased, one in five Americans sought out help for a mental health issue. And this is one in five that are feel comfortable enough yeah, to that's seek one right. in five that yeah. have admitted. Right. That doesn't right. include right. all the others yeah. that need to. Right. And, and one in six young people experienced a major depressive episode. Mm. Again, and that's just the, the ones that will admit to mm-hmm. that. And one in 20 Americans have a serious mental illness, such as like schizophrenia or bipolar, things like that. And so it's important to understand that, that this is, if you do feel some sort of, you know, mental health crisis, or if you're going through something, 
that you don't have to feel like I'm I'm alone in this. Yeah. No one's going to understand this. Um, this means I'm broken. This means I, there's no hope. Mm. This means that I've done something wrong, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. there's another uh, huge myth that mental illness is a sign of weakness or it's a character flaw mm. or it's an excuse for poor behavior. And I think that mental um, health problems, they don't have anything to do with being lazy or weak. True. And, and many people want help to wow. get better. That yeah. there are many factors that contribute to mental health. Mm-hmm. It can be biological factors, life experiences, trauma, abuse, chemical changes in the brain, Mm -hmm. in the brain structures, things like that. And so having this perception that if, you know, if I'm struggling, then, then I'm, you know, I'm broken or Mm. feeling like you can, you should just, you know, power through. This is just an excuse to be lazy or an excuse for poor behavior. And it it isn't that sometimes people really do want to find help and they do want to seek help Mm. and, and that's okay. That is so good. Well, what are some, um, you know, I, I know sometimes we maybe use language that is unintentionally harmful. Um, how, how can we be more sensitive to those who are hurting? Pastor, maybe you could talk to us about that. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, we could probably have a field day mm-hmm. with this as far as playing. Mm-hmm. I want to I just tack one thing on from the shepherd perspective yeah. is where I kind of come in on the pastoral care. One of the ways we never get... Uh, it's got to be honesty in a session, you know, talking to people, transparency. I'm a big fan. Sister Sellers has probably heard me say it over and over and over, and I teach it in my classes. There's a reason we have two ears, right? Two ears, one mouth. Listen, 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 and talk less, listen more, and really try to get there. And so one of the things I'm dealing with, um, we, we're never quick to diagnose something as mental. Mm-hmm. Right, as a mental instability or a mental illness, or a, mm-hmm. I've dealt with plenty. Obviously, being in youth ministry so long, I've dealt with people, young people that were really battling depression. And when honest conversation played out, they were watching and digesting stuff on a regular basis mm-hmm. that was absolutely playing into it. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. a, a sure. diet of yeah. mm-hmm. I don't. This is not against any certain places, but diet of McDonald's every day. There's going to be a physical effect. <laughs> right. Diet of certain types of music, certain mm-hmm. types of um, what you watch. Right. Garbage you, in, garbage out. Yeah, it's just the process. And I think we have to be honest about that. So when we're... Do you want to add to that? Yeah, yeah I, I would say that even on a biological level, it starts to affect you in a way that people don't always understand. Absolutely. And so when they do enter into that honest conversation, they get that awareness of, you know, once I am honest about my choices and how they're affecting me, you can bring in that education piece of, hey, this really is affecting you. Yeah. And this is why. So you don't have to like stay in that. Like I feel depressed. Okay. It may be McDonald's every day that's causing that. And so like, let's enter into this dialogue of, of why, Uh, what is it and how Mm -hmm. do we work out of it? And so I guess maybe we get to the sensitivity question in this. I'm, I'm never labeling people. We're not using, Mm -hmm. I think there was this stigma. It came up maybe a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. There was this stigma about mental health in the church, right? Mm -hmm. We would see like, they have a heart condition and nobody thought about Bill having a heart pill sure. or they had a, yeah. but something was wrong with their mind and people were immediately like, wow, they need to pray through that. Uh, they need to. And, and so the words, I think obviously there needs to be some level of sensitivity in the way that we talk to, we hear different words. One thing we don't think about oftentimes, and obviously she deals with young adults a lot and, and young people as well. 
there is this whole large segment of society that are what we know as words of affirmation people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we forget the biblical, that the power of life and death is in the tongue. And I've seen people use this as, if you speak it, it can have, well, we have to think about that on the negative yeah. context too. Yeah. Uh, we deal, we deal, let's talk about our society right now with absolute gender confusion. Mm -hmm. um, people that are, mental health is the one in five. COVID was not a help in this. The worst treatment they can give to people is isolation, right, right in the prison system. And we've dealt with isolation. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so here we've gone through all of this. Well, to one kid on the playground or in the lunchroom, for them to be called um, some kind of a name, you know, call them a name, say that they're this or label them as that, it might not affect them at all. Mm -hmm. But this person who they are a words of affirmation person, mm -hmm. that thing might have a hook in it that subconsciously sure. begins to hold on to them. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden they begin to battle. I'm, I'm dealing, um, I had sessions even today with an individual who that's part of the issue is the things that have been spoken in versus reality. Yeah. And so we've got to be very guarded with what we say. Yeah. For me, as a minister, someone who speaks for a living, I've got to be so guarded how casually I say certain things and even making sure that if I make a bold declaration that is biblical, I should tie scripture to it. Yeah. So, so I don't even have anything to add to that as far as on the statements. We hear it. We mm -hmm. Kids not thinking, they think mm -hmm. they're funny and right. they'll say something about someone or make a claim about someone and, right. and we're probably inside cringing like, yeah. don't yeah. That. You yeah. don't know how dangerous that could be for them. So Man. absolutely, it wow. holds weight. Like yeah. it holds weight. The words that you use. Wow. There's probably dozens of people that will listen to this sure. podcast who may be saying right now, "Okay, I know I'm struggling with something. Hmm. At what point in time do do I go to someone and talk about this? When does it when does it go from?" something that I'm working on myself through prayer and, and in God's word and the things that we all should be doing. But where do we take that and then cross that to say, I, I need some extra help? So I think that that's key that you said that, that we're doing everything that we, we should or we know to do, right? So that becomes a point of, am I doing my part? Am I praying? Am I reading? Am I trying mm. to find a solution? Am I doing what I know to keep myself healthy physically, mentally, spiritually? Mm -hmm. Remember, they're, they're connected. So like, am I doing yeah. everything? And then if not, let me start doing it. <laughs> yeah. So let me start doing, let me start to do what I, I know is best. And that's not, I don't like a, a blanket statement of like, if you would just pray, then it would go away. You don't need to seek counseling. Yeah. But pray first. Right. Right. So like make sure that foundationally you're doing everything you know to do. And then on top of that, if my functioning is still being hindered, if I am not able to to act in a way that 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 I know is right, if this is still hindering me, if this mm -hmm. is something that is still staying with me, then seek help. Yeah. Seek help and yeah. know too in your heart, settle in your heart as far as what am I seeking? Am I seeking help? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I think that for a majority of people, when they enter into counseling, it's not an easy step. 
Yeah, that's true. It's not an easy sure. step. And I think that that's tying into that social stigma of yeah. like, it's just easy to just go complain to somebody. And mm-hmm. and it's not. When you enter into a, a counseling relationship with, with a counselor and you're coming every week and you're you're meeting appointments and you're having to be raw and open and, and honest and having to work on goals, it's not an it, easy yeah. process. Yes. That can be really, really challenging. It well, can. and you're admitting that there's a, that there's a problem right. that you need to, that you need help fixing. Like I need some, I need some guidance. Yeah. And I think that that's key is like, I've done all I can do. Uh-huh. I've come to the end of, of knowing what to do. Yeah, absolutely. I, In a I've social media plastic world, mm-hmm. it is very much a flesh and blood real life moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, pulling the bandage off. And, and so when she started saying that, I'm thinking, okay, I want to believe if you're one of those people you mentioned that's listening to this podcast, like you're listening to the This Is Family podcast. I want to believe you are praying. You are seeking God. If you're not, though, you have to ask yourself that. Mm-hmm. I've heard people say like, I don't want to go to the pastor. The first thing they're going to say is, how's your prayer life? <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm not talking about me, but in yeah. general, it's that statement. And, and first of all, you do want a pastor that's going to ask you, how is your prayer yeah. life? You know, are you spending time in the word of God? So I, I think if you're doing what Sister Sellers has said, you know, you're doing these things, you're making these steps, but you're still battling. Mm-hmm. One of the questions I'd want you to ask yourself is, what's the relational value in your life? Mm. Who are you close with? You know, who are the close relationships? Mm. Are they healthy? Are they toxic? What does that look like? And then, you know, it takes honesty to say, I probably need a conversation. Whether that's with an online counselor, whether that's with an in-person counselor, whether that's with your pastoral counsel. Okay, so so someone's gotten to the point where they say, yes, I I need help. Mm -hmm. And I want help. I'm willing to go get it. How, what, where do you point them? What, what's, what are the, maybe, uh, what do we look for in a good counselor? Yeah. Okay. So I think that I alluded to this at the beginning, but what do you look for in a good counselor? Well, we know that there is one wonderful mm. counselor mm. and you mm. want someone who's We're going to We're kind of firm share. on this. We yeah. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Those characteristics. Yeah. Right. You need someone who shares the characteristics of the counselor. Right. Yeah. Oh, right. wow. Because, and that's something that I say, like, I know one counselor, mm-hmm. and I'm not him. Right. Yeah. But if in some way that I can be his hands and feet, then let's mm-hmm. do it. And and I'm not saying that in a, you know, a self-centered oh, sure. way, but in a way of that you seek out a counselor who's going to be that, to reflect the counselor. Be mm-hmm. held accountable to the right. wonderful counselor. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's that humility. It's that mm-hmm. gentleness. It's that meekness. Mm-hmm. The it's, sensitivity. Yeah, it's... You want a Christ-like mm-hmm. counselor yeah. if you're right. going to have... The thing I was trying to work through today, mm-hmm. even in preparation, I, I had been thinking about this session. How how has the word Christian been able to take so many definitions? Mm-hmm. You know, that's something mm-hmm. that has to really be thought mm-hmm. through when you're seeking counsel. And so it needs to be someone that is at least the initial steps there in close harmony with your faith. Mm. And what that looks like, I recognize people from all walks of life may end up hearing this podcast. I would say you need to make that first step to make sure that it is a Christian counselor that's strong with your faith and what you believe in. And I think a great way, if you're curious on that, what's that look like? You can always email your pastoral staff or call into the church office. That's an easy first step. Um, 
I think, to make that conversation. Some people just get on Dr. Google yeah. and they Google counselors. Yeah. Just be, you got to well, be it, careful and be a little guarded. It can be dangerous because we also live in a society where, uh, unfortunately, there are many counselors who will affirm anything you want to That's bring exactly right. to them. Yeah. And, and it's it's really quite harmful. The multiple definitions of Christianity, right? Yeah. That's it. It's right. Unfortunately, not everyone has your best interest in That's mind. There's exactly an agenda. Right. They will affirm mm-hmm. your finances, and so yeah. they will affirm your desires. <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. And and so exactly. it was something that we try to do is we, we keep a list of counselors, recommended counselors, that you can very easily access mm. so that you don't have to feel sensitive and shy yeah. about yeah. getting that level yeah. uh, of information. We just keep that on file through the church so that anyone can receive that without any issues. So good. So that, so that would be a, a good first step yeah. mm-hmm. would be for someone to call their pastor. And we try to keep it even more anonymous yeah. than that. If it's something would want that. Yes, I would think for accountability mm-hmm. if they want to call their pastor. But there are so many people that deal, even as hard as we work on it, they're mm-hmm. like, I don't want to bother the pastor. Mm-hmm. Or they're still living, dealing maybe with that level of transparency. Yeah. So we try to make it something. They don't even have to give a name. Sure. They can simply give an email that they've set up, and they can say, I'm looking for the counseling information. Good. Our office staff would be able to just email it directly to that. That's fantastic. That's, good. Oh, that's so good. Um, we're nearing the end of our time together, and we do appreciate you guys both being on here with us. It's been a really deep and rich conversation. I, I would like to maybe ask uh, for, for some final thoughts. Speak to that person who is listening and saying, this is really resonating with me. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I want to walk down this path and get the help I need. Speak to that person. What I would say is to embrace that process, that sometimes you have to push into uncomfortable emotions and feelings. And sometimes you you do. I think we are so wired in a way that we want to avoid negative experiences. Mm-hmm. We want to avoid so that. True. We want to protect ourselves yeah. from that. And there's a deep fear in us that says, I've got to avoid this pain. Perhaps I've carried it for years. Perhaps I've carried it from my childhood. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to carry this weight. And I would say that you do not have to carry it alone. And that that fear that you feel and that sense of wanting to protect yourself is there for a reason. But Mm -hmm. you can reach out and let someone else carry your burden with you and walk alongside you in that journey. But don't let your fear and that temptation to avoid negative emotions stop you from receiving wholeness or receiving help because it is out there. Mm-hmm. And that is the beauty of counseling is that it comes to an end. Is yeah. that eventually you you don't need it. Yeah. Right? So it's good. temporary. That's wow. the beauty of it is that there is hope. That there is light at the mm-hmm. end of the tunnel and you may not see it and you may not even know how it's possible, but it's there and someone can help help you and walk alongside you in that journey and find healing and find wholeness. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it happens instantaneously mm-hmm. and sometimes it doesn't. And that is why God created the body Yeah, and, and created us to care for one another. Hope's such a powerful motivator. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cling to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and off those final statements, I would share mine on what she said with the body. I want to maybe challenge members of the church that would listen to this, or maybe someone's listening to this and, and you're thinking, I can remember a season that I dealt with something so sensitive. 
Well, I would just challenge you to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Hmm. That love, that joy, that peace, that gentleness. I think the amazing thing when we show up and we feast off the fruit of the Spirit with each other, and then we know in the dynamics of the body, He gave us apostles, prophets, Mm -hmm. evangelists, pastors, teachers. We know that this works together for the edifying. This is the goal. Mm -hmm. So to the person that's listening that you're being convinced to withdraw because of what you're dealing with. Don't we deal with this? So withdraw. Mm -hmm. That's a lie from the enemy. Don't withdraw. Come to church. Mm -hmm. Be a part Mm -hmm. of the body. Get immersed in the body because I promise you, if you're dealing with this, probably somebody else very near to you is dealing with the same thing. And if one can put a thousand to flight, Hmm. two can put 10,000 to flight. How many can really work together and see something great done? So don't be isolated. Don't be alone. Remember that the attack of the enemy in Genesis was to get isolation and separation. But you have a God that cares and you have a body that cares. So good. Well, I feel like we could spend hours talking about this topic, but (laughs) unfortunately we are all out of time for today. Pastor Carson, Sister Sellers, you've given us so much direction, instruction, and just sound wisdom in helping us understand how counseling really can help ensure a victorious walk with the Lord. In our closing moments, Sister Sellers, would you mind just praying over our This Is Family listeners? I would love to. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Thank you for this opportunity to talk about a topic that is so important to you. We know that you are touched by the feeling of our infirmities Mm. and that you care for us and you care for each and every one of these listeners. I pray, God, wherever they are listening to this podcast, they're in their living room, in their kitchen, in their car, I pray that your spirit would be there to bring them hope and to bring them peace. I pray, God, that your spirit would be there to draw them close to you to draw them close to the body, to know that there is hope and there is a way out, Mm. that you have brought peace and you have brought healing and wholeness and restoration. Yes. And that is your goal. And I pray, oh God, that if there is anybody who is struggling, struggling mentally and emotionally, that Mm. you would touch them in this moment. Yes, God, let it be. That you would strengthen them and that you would encourage them Mm. and that your spirit would be there with them right now, God. I pray, oh God, that you would draw them to you and draw them to your spirit and that they could be in to see hope and that they can hope again in you and in your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, in Jesus' name, name. amen. Amen, amen. Thank you so much, Sister Sellers, Pastor Carson. It's it's been an absolute honor having you here. This conversation has been rich, and I felt... I felt the presence of the Lord here while we've been yeah, sitting here too. talking. Yeah, Isn't that me wonderful? Too. Yeah, we've, we've really enjoyed having you. Thank you for being on oh, this. Oh, thanks family. for the invitation. Thank you so much. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a few moments to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And if you don't already follow Calvary on social media, make sure you like, subscribe, and share on your favorite platform at Calvary Tab Indy. We hope you'll join us next month for another episode of This Is Family. For now, we say farewell, and we pray God's blessings on your family.